0: morning, everyone. Welcome to our live broadcast. This is Jason DeMars. And I just want to remind everyone, if you have any prayer requests, testimonies, or questions for me, you can let me know at jasondemars.com. Send me an email or you can send me a text. Either way, uh, we appreciate you. We're continuing on our topic, ecumenism versus reaching out. Part five, and we just we definitely appreciate your comments on our videos. Continue to do that, um, and questions that are sent by private messages on on Messenger. Um, we we'll do our best to get to those as quickly as possible. Um, if you're listening, let us know where you're listening from. Appreciate that. And so we're going to continue on. We're looking at uh, going to start looking at John. 17, 21 through 23, and I just want to remind the question we're answering. How do we draw the line of fellowship and reaching out without compromise among message believers? So this is and can be a very personal question and one that each of us would deal with in a very uh, different way. And each situation can often be one that should be dealt with differently and so there's an aspect where there's, we can't just lay down a black and white answer. There are scriptural principles and every circumstance may dictate that differently the way the Holy Spirit would guide you and direct you through each one. So the, the critical thing is being in contact with the one who does the leading, our Lord Jesus Christ, through the Spirit. and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. So our oneness is going to prove that God sent Jesus Christ. So God calls us to oneness, but that oneness is first in being one with him in Christ. It's not oneness first on a human level. It's oneness with him. The bride is to be one in Christ we're not to create our own version of oneness. We cannot compromise into oneness. We cannot organize ourselves into oneness. It comes by being one with him first. This is the foundation. This is critical. You must be one with Christ in order to have then a biblical unity with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Amos 3, 1 through 3, Hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore I will punish you for all your iniquities. Can two walk together except they be agreed So this is actually speaking about God's oneness with Israel and that they no longer agree with each other. Israel doesn't agree with God and God doesn't agree with Israel. So it needs to be our oneness with each other first needs to be oneness with God. If we don't have oneness with Him, our oneness is utterly meaningless with each other. Okay, so I'm not the arbiter of oneness with God. None of us are sent to determine determine who is in agreement with God and who is not. That's not our job. That's not our work. That's not our purpose. Our main concern cannot be collective agreement. When we're looking for collective agreement in what we preach and in what we do, We are no longer following with God. We're following men. And we entered into that spirit of ecumenical oneness. We become ecumenical compromisers when we're more concerned about agreeing with a group of pastors or believers than we are with with agreeing with God. Be willing we have to first be willing to follow the leadership of God alone before we can look and see oneness with each other. Oneness with each other is was never intended to kick God out of the equation. You say, well, we're not doing that. We're doing it because God commands oneness. Your oneness has to come out of your personal leadership and agreement with the word of God, not with one another compromising and saying, well, we agree on certain, certain points. Uh, that's not how God brings about oneness in his body. This also should not be lead me to being fanatical in my rejection of others and the propagation of my own ideas. It should cause a determined humility, which says all I have is from God He led me up to this point. If I'm wrong, then I pray God will deal with me. But my main concern is not agreeing with other people. My main concern is agreeing with God because I'll answer to God at the day of judgment. At the same time, this should give me a heart for people. Not a heart against people, but a heart for people knowing, knowing that I will answer to him for how I treat others. You won't answer for how others treat you, treated you. You will answer to God for how you treated and responded to others. Genuine love allows you to be open to everyone, but um, uncompromising on the word of God. Brother Branham says this in the sermon adoption. If I, w- I went after a brother not long ago, had went astray. A young fellow said to me, said, let that rascal go, let him alone. I said, if I ever get to a place that my heart don't go with my brother, then it's time for me to go to the altar because I've fallen from grace. I said, i will go as long as he's got breath in his body and I'll catch him somewhere along the line, yes, sir. And I caught him, hallelujah, brought him back. Yes, sir, he's back in the fold safely now. Yes, sir, he would have went astray as sure as the world. Here you see the, the true pastor's heart, but the, it's not just the pastor, it's the heart of every believer. Someone's going astray, someone's, someone's leaving the fold. We must, 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 must have a heart that goes after our brothers and our sisters. If they're going astray, we should be praying for them to come back and be praying for the opportunity to go after them. Amen. Brother John, thank you for that. This is just like works without the Holy Spirit. Oneness without Christ is worthless. Shutting him out like the Laodicean Church. Absolutely correct. So these things, it has to do with our attitudes towards others. 1 Timothy, it says, The end of the commandment is love out of a pure heart, not a rigid dogmatic attitude that condemns other people. Our heart should go out to others who are off the word, either in their conduct or in their doctrine. Our heart should not be condemning. Our heart should be saying, Oh my Lord, have mercy. How can I help them? How can I serve them? Where is the line of fellowship in reaching out when we deal with differences in denominational churches around us or on the missions field? Um, In the past, you may have been aware that I've done some advocacy work for Brother Yusuf Nadar in Iran. I reported the persecution on my website and this went out to many different legal and Christian organizations. Um, I was then contacted and worked with the Voice of the Martyrs and also with the American Center for Law and Justice, to name just a few of them. Each of them approached me about our doctrine. They said, well, Yousef and you both follow uh, the message of William Branham. What do you believe about the Trinity? What do you believe about Serpent Seed? What do you believe about Brother Branham, William Branham being the last day's prophet? So I spoke at length with them, um, brought to them scriptures and things about the church ages and history of the development of the Trinity and what we believed about it. Um, at the end of it, they said, it's clear your Bible-believing Christians and we're gonna do everything we can to help you. So they never asked me to compromise the word. They never, and, and they, they, they supported and, and helped Brother Yusuf, Brother Benham and others uh, with their legal efforts in the UN, the State Department, et cetera, also with the media. I stood firm on what we believe. I never had to compromise anything. And each of these organizations, in fa- fact, defended me and Yusuf from attacks from denominations. So, uh, you know, you can reach out and work with other groups and organizations, but you can never compromise the word. Um, on the missions field, I've had a very different experience you're at first welcome to preach and teach, but when you begin to preach the truth of the Godhead and water baptism, you're typically met with great opposition and you're immediately disfellowshipped. But a few people will follow the truth, come out, receive the truth, and walk in the Word. That's the typical process. You go to an open door, you preach the message, they kick you out and speak evil of you. A few people accept the truth and continue on with the Word. In a local church setting like here in America, it's very difficult and virtually impossible to cooperate with denominations. If they invite you to speak, no problem. If they want an invitation to speak for us, that's a whole different story. We don't open the door to a false word. If they have a program to feed the poor, I have personally gone to assist with things like that to feed the poor. Nothing wrong with that. They're not requiring me to sign up for their doctrine or sign some documents about their doctrine. It's only to help those in need and we can all agree with that. But we cannot have a Trinitarian speak in our church and neither can we change our doctrine to speak in their church. In the sermon, What is the Holy Ghost, 1959, Brother Branham says, because in these meetings like this on the evangelistic type, we have people from different denominations of churches which has been taught in their own sphere of belief, each one, and that's all right. I've never wanted to be guilty of sowing discord among brethren. And out in the meetings, I just preach on the great evangelical truths of Scripture, on what brethren who sponsor my meeting believe in. But in the tabernacle here, I want to speak on what we believe. So he is uh, not going into every detail. But he's speaking about the gospel. He's speaking about healing. He's speaking about um, the, co- the fact that there is a coming of the Lord, not the details on it. So he's preaching about those things in order to reach some people to bring them to the full truth of the word. He's not compromising. He's, he is cooperating out of love, but he's bringing them truths that may point them to, give them a greater heart for the message. I've gone way too long here, but um, I'm just going to bring a conclusion. I have my last page of notes, and we'll just finish those. So first of all, the flow from our heart needs to be balanced by the two wings of love and truth. You cannot fly with just one of these wings. It takes two wings to balance yourself in the air. Love and truth. The wing of love allows your heart to, gr- to grieve for those in error and it reaches out to them knowing you were once in sin when God extended his grace. Everything we've received in the realms of revelation is by his grace and that alone and this will bring a pure motive to your actions. The wing of truth allows you to remember that you stand naked and alone before God as he teaches you and guides you in scripture. It's his leadership in the word for your life that you are uncompromising about it. Two, the line of fellowship and compromise is one that can change based upon circumstance. Three, it's clear that Brother Branham maintained his convictions and he preached along more simple lines when in a cooperative meeting. Four, He was willing to compromise what he specifically preached on in certain circumstances, not changing his doctrine, but focusing on things that more people could agree with in order to attract the elected to the vindicated word. Five, when our desire is to agree agree with a certain group of ministers above being in agreement with God, or we regard agreeing with a certain group of ministers as agreement with God, then we have become ecumenical in spirit. Thank you for listening in. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or testimonies, please let me know. We'll be starting on a topic. It's applicable to all. You'll see why, but it's going to be called The Training of Ministers. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or testimonies, please let me know. May the Lord richly bless you.